Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's Andy Gillard here at the Wolves Fancast, recording in the aftermath of the Liverpool 1-0 defeat. With me to go through this game, I've got Little Dan, Stu Hall and Jordan Russell to discuss. Gentlemen, obviously before we go any further, I think we should probably address the uh, the Rui of it all. Um, quite a bad injury, it looks like he may have picked up at the end, but we have heard that he's least conscious at the moment. Yeah, hopefully by the time people hear this, it'll be all given the all clear and it was just a concussion, but it was just a, well, when you get a knee to the head at pace, it's always going to be very dangerous. So yeah, wishing him well. Seeing a lot of things on Twitter talking about how this new rule about linesmen putting the flags up a lot earlier, this could have been avoided, but it, it got it up pretty quick from what I saw. He got it up as soon as he's allowed to put it up, as soon as the chances are saved, but it was... It's just one of them. It's the first time this has happened all season long from one of these. It's just a freak, and it's just a freak that it happens to Wolves again. Yeah. But yeah, well, hopefully, we, okay. Yeah, we, we do certainly seem to be a little bit cursed at the minute with injuries, and and it just it doesn't seem to be just like little injuries either. We do seem to come out a little bit worse of it all, unfortunately. But fingers crossed he'll come through this and he'll be okay. Thankfully, we have got a bit of a break after this match. So hopefully, we'll, we'll see him again sooner rather than later. But anyway, on to the match itself. Uh, before the match, the team news came through. Willie Bolly back in the side. Always good to see him. And Dropford, Den Donker, who has been... Has he been an ever-present in the team this year, Den Donker? quite surprised to see him drop to the bench. Uh, what did we think of the, the starting lineup, Jordan? Um, yes, quite shocked to see Sois playing on the right-hand side of the back three, I think. Um it's one of those things, isn't it, at the moment? It, you could probably argue that he's our strongest eleven at the minute. I don't think Den Donker's covered himself in any glory recently. Um, I'm a big fan of his, but I think he's been below par for a long, long time this season. And you've only got to look at the bench to realise that there's not that much depth there, is there? And, uh, you know, as turgid as the football has been at times, that you know, I don't think we've got that many options, have we? So, no, no, no real shocks for me with that eleven. And uh, I always feel a bit more solid at the back with Willie Bolly playing. 
Dan, what were your thoughts? I, I thought it was inevitable that Bolly was going to start tonight, being on the bench the last two games and not uh, not featuring. It made sense for him to come back in. Tactically got it right with um, Sace being on the right and Bolly on the left with Salah and Mane liking to to come inwards. Uh, like Jordan just said, that's our that's our best eleven at the moment with with uh, ex- excluding him and this. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy happy with the performance, happy with the lineup. Um, just yeah, frustrating scoreline. Mm. Stu, it's quite unusual to see Willie Bolly back on the left, but I've always felt that that is his strongest position in the back three. He's on the left side of the the three of them. What did you think? Would you rather have had Sice at left and Bolly at right, or? Were you happy with how that that they lined up tonight? I mean, as as per usual, the um, official Twitter account was wrong because it, it, had, it has, has Bolly on the right. But yeah, like you, Bolly on the left is it is where he's played with in the championship. He only really moved over because Sais couldn't play on the right, um, mm. so it was kind of a okay. This looks like a kind of planning for the future thing because Bolly's our best defender on his well when he's not switching off. Um, he's heading shoulders above everyone else. But just play him in his right position, and then if you've got a weakest weaker spot, then try and find the solutions um, where you can. And say was sound for the rest of the game. He didn't really do much wrong in that position. So, but yeah, I think that's right. We haven't really replaced Ryan Bennett, however ridiculous that sounds. Um, but for a natural right-sided centre of a back three defender, Dion Sanderson, um, next season, that that's obviously the place where we need to upgrade. But yeah. Bolly on the left of a back three is his best position for me anyway. So, yeah, one of the uh, plus points from the first five minutes of the game. And speaking of the first five minutes of the game, we didn't have to wait long for there to be a talking point. It was inside the first two minutes. I mean, that that was a fucking penalty all day long, wasn't it? It's not just me being mad. That that was a penalty on Samado, wasn't it? What was he thinking? What was Pawson doing not giving that decision? I'm genuinely stunned at this one. It's not even him, is he? We've got. I, was, I put a thing out because I was speaking to my mate who's a Bolton fan, and they're probably going to win League Two, annoyingly. Um, well, I said I haven't watched a single EFL game this season because of the shitness of the refereeing. Because at least, however annoying VAR is, at least you've got a safety net there. And we fucking got VAR, and it's not even hard. He will. Samada got wiped out by the goalkeeper. If he hadn't wiped him out, he had a free shot on goal. So how's that not a penalty? It's ludicrous. Absolutely ridiculous. I didn't think it was a penalty on on the first batch of replaying, but when when you saw it at half time and when Mr. Liverpool saying that Liverpool have got away with one, you it's it's, it's massively frustrating that I know you said it after the game show that you didn't believe in the top six bias, but another yeah. clear case of that tonight. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Alisson has just looked shaky throughout that game tonight, not just that moment. He looked shaky throughout. He's lost control of it and he's just followed through on um, Samado. Frustratingly, I'm not sure how VAR has not intervened there. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the stage now where I can't even be asked anymore because what's the point? When you're getting, you're getting decisions like that. I mean, I went on, because when you're all calling me out because of me being the one who knows the rules, and you said, well, how is that? There's contact in the box, kind of jokingly. But it was clear as day that it was a penalty. And I went on Twitter and just put Wolves penalty. And there's 
people from all clubs all over the country. Yeah, it's against Liverpool, so you get that anyway. But even so, it's a, it's a stone waller. How is it even not discussed? It's, it's a joke. What, why isn't Paulson giving that allowing for the fact that if he gives it, they are going to sort of come in to, to verify it? That's what I thought that was the whole point of what referees were doing now in regards to penalties. I'm not even blaming Paulson because it's one of them. It's like I said, it's first five minutes of the game, it's always a bit on, on edge. You know, are you going to give a penalty that early? Not that that matters because Man United had one the other week, shock horror, it was Man United, but even so, you've got VAR, it went out of play. First thing you do, go and review, you're reviewing it in the background anyway. Just give the fucking penalty. Was Pawson the referee for the return fixture when Cody went down? I'm not sure. I remember, to be honest. That, that, that referee pretty much gave that penalty knowing that VAR could be looked at, but we, but it hasn't been used tonight. This is VAR yet again. We, should, we shouldn't be talking about VAR every single football game. I'm fed up of it. It was supposed to be brought in to help football and it's killing it. It's not killing it. Officials are killing it because they don't know how to use it properly and they're bent as fuck. But for me, the worst thing was about it. And I was saying as Dan, like when I saw the first initial replay, I, th- I thought it was a pen. Then I saw the replay in game and thought, no. Half time, you're thinking, how is he not give it? But like, Craig Pawson, he actually put his whistle to his mouth in real time. He was about to give it and he was sort of gone. If you watch it back, he bottled like, it. He was like, he put his whistle to his mouth. He's like, he just bottled it, didn't know what to do, let the game play out. And it's one of those things, isn't it? It's sort of, it's that I'd hate this clear and obvious error line because. But that's um, the thing. It was a clear and obvious yeah, error. It's a foul. Yeah, it's mm. a foul. Like, you know, Alisson hasn't got the ball. He's took it, he's took Samado out. I don't. I don't actually understand. The more I see it, I don't understand how it isn't a penalty. To be honest with you, mm. and um, yeah, like I say, like, like I agree with Dan. First replay, I thought, nah, a bit soft. But then you watch multiple, multiple replays, which they've got at Stockley Park, and you just don't know how it's not been given. Not at all. Mm. I, mean, I think when the Arsenal one was given yesterday, um, like intention is not a part of the game anymore. We, we know that that isn't. And it was the same sort of thing. The ball had gone away and all this happened is he's taken the player out. Penalty. But, I mean, to be fair, after that, I thought we did quite well for the rest of that first half. I know that over the last, well, for Wolves fans, it's been the last 18 months. But for in the media, there's been a lot of talk about the our first half performances have been dirge, for want of a better word. But I actually thought this was one of our more positive ones up until like the 44th minute. What did we all think of the rest of the first half? How it played out? Were we impressed? Is this the, what we've wanted to see Wolves do and actually have take the handbrake off, but still try and be a little bit more defensively solid as well? First twenty minutes, we, we was, it was the best we've played for months. It was great. We went, we went at them, and when they got the ball, it wasn't a case of everyone drop back, stay where you are, defend for your lives. It was kind of it was a, a kind of middle balance, and yet after twenty minutes, they kind of took control. But it wasn't a case of Oh, let's. It won like at Man City, where we were penned back and we had no intention of going forward whatsoever. There was still like, as soon as the look for the break was on, there was still intent there. And I was really, I was really happy, despite obviously we'll get onto it in a minute. But despite the score on at half time, I was really impressed with that first half, considering how shit we've been and how boring it's been for the last God knows how long. Well, there was one point in the game where we actually had a three on two break in the first half, and for. Unfortunately, it was just one poor touch by Adama. 
things did look really positive. And I think had we have gone in one nil up, I don't think anyone could really have argued either. George, what were your thoughts on the first half? Um, yeah, Coach Stu, for me, one of the best first halves we've had for months. And it's sort of been what my biggest frustration has been recently is, is terms of intent and actually looking to win a football game. Like, you know, if we'd have played like that, if we'd have played that first half like we did, you know, at Villa Park last week, we'd have won the game. No two ways about it. And that's it's that fine balance. You've got to respect the opposition. I understand that, you know, Liverpool have got world-class players, no matter what anyone thinks of them and no matter what sort of run they're on in the Premier League, they can hurt you. And I thought we struck a real fine balance all night, to be honest with you. Um, we'll obviously get on and dissect, you know, our misdemeanours in front of goal and all that sort of stuff, but a bit later on in the podcast. But I thought we struck a real good balance. I thought we were, you know, relatively solid all night. And I thought, you know, we had a good, some good attacking intent. Um, just that final third quality, once again, that was sort of let, lacking and letting us down, I thought. Dan, there's been quite a lot of conversations about William Jose and his position within the team, especially within the front three. How did you think the cohesion in the first half was between the, the three of them? I thought generally they did okay. I thought the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole 11 in the first half were... Resilient, organised. I thought the way that Liverpool was set up allowed us to to spread the pass into our full, our wing backs, which is you know our main outlet for attack. Um, I think what a friend said at half time that front three won't score half half chances. So you, you're literally hoping for something spectacular from someone else in the team. I think that's the only frustration with tonight is that. So many nearly moments, and we haven't capitalised on there any against the Liverpool defence, which is their threadbare. I'll go with threadbare. <laughs> I was going to say bare back then, but I'm going. With... <laughs> that's, that's something else. That one is there. Um, so yeah, we did have quite a lot of possession, and I think we bossed the first half without really testing Allison. But Liverpool did remind us why they are still the reigning champions. I mean, Mane had a really good chance where he managed to round Rui. Thankfully, he was pushed a little bit too far wide. And then it was sort of another a carbon copy of this hit on the break when Jota, of course, Diogo fucking Jota, is the one who gets the goal. So we, I think we always have to be wary of that on the counter-attack. But for the whole, I do think we played pretty well. Um, but... We didn't really take any massive chances. I mean, there was the Neves chance was probably the standout one in the first half. Do we think uh, where he takes a shot from an angle in the in the uh, in the penalty area? Yeah, but it it, it was from his um, in his Neves range, so we've got to be looking at that for a, a, a glaring miss. I mean, I don't know why they're still going on about it. And we talked about it a few weeks ago how this this nonsense is kind of perpetuated with all commentators on Amazon, on Sky and on BT, that Neves, every time he touches the ball, it's other penalty area, it's instantly in the top corner. He doesn't score. That means he's got, about, he's got is it 15, 16 goals for Wolves now in four years. And half, about seven of them have been penalties now. It's just, he shoots and he doesn't score. So it's, I had no confidence that it was going to end up anywhere other than not over, which was, when it was lower than and it was wide, it was quite quite refreshing in a way. Um, but yeah, again, I think we summed it all up. We had chances. We're not going to score them. 
Mm. The only other one that springs to mind was the Samedo one where uh, Adama poked him through. Yeah. I thought that was a good chance, but he was on his left foot and he's not... We, we've seen that Samedo isn't really renowned for his shooting. Like, as great a player as he is with everything else, his finishing isn't his strong point. Um, George, any thoughts on some of the chances that we had? No, I, I just think, um, you know, like you say, you mentioned in reference to Samedo chance and it was a good Allison safety once with you, smart stop, down, like, you know, down low. But I think that's sort of, you know, if we're comparing front frees and stuff, um, you know, our front three between them haven't really haven't created a thing really all night. And yeah, Liverpool haven't carved us open at any point really, to be honest with you. Um, but it just shows the difference in quality, doesn't it? That the goal they scored, I know Patricio should be saving it, but just how quickly the ball moved, you know what I mean? It's just out of nothing. Balls move, you know, Salah to Mane to Jotto, it's in the back of the net. And we are, and again, uh, I know, you know, Jimenez, a horrible injury. It's definitely impacted the team, but we are so toothless at the minute. It's 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 just so hard at times to watch. I think it's um yeah, like like they said on commentary, we've scored fourteen goals in open play this season, and it's something that's got to be referenced because as big as a player that you know Raúl Jiménez is for Frampton Wanderers, and you know I've said it many times on here, I think he's world class. That isn't good enough for any team, let alone a team that's, you know, well, where, you know, we're meant to be aiming to be breaking the top seven or top six or whatever again. And I know that's never going to happen now this season, obviously, but it's just, I think that we're sort of dining out on that excuse a bit too much with a few fans. And I think that it's actually a serious problem now, because for me, at the three tonight, and again, Jose is getting pelters again on social media. Troy always getting pelters on social media. I mean, for me, like Pedro Neto was non-existent tonight, and he's the star boy and everything like that. But since he's come out for me, and you know he's been probably our but well he has been our best player, and I do think he's a very very good player at that. But since he's come out and you know all those comments about you know his mom saying telling him to shoot from everywhere and all that sort of stuff, for me, I don't think he's had a good game since, and he was poor last week, and I think he was poor again tonight. And um, no one's going to call him out on that. So I think there needs to be a bit of, you know, if you're going to call out Jose, Traore, I think you've got to be calling out Pedro Neto as well. They're all as culpable as each other at the moment. I think the one thing there I'll say, Pedro Neto is 20 years old. And so he's inevitably going to have a bad bad spell. Oh, yeah, 100%. William William Jose is a career striker who's who's nearly 30, who's done fuck all for two months. (laughs) And that's I think that's the difference. I I think Neto's... Neto's deserved to have a bad few weeks. He's carried, he's carried us, and he's probably saved us from relegation if we're being fair, because that's no, him. No, no, I completely agree with that. But yeah, you are right. He will not criticise, not one bit, and he's been off it. But I think he needs to be balanced out. You can't, yeah, you yeah. can't just blame the other two for me. I think he, I think he's been the worst for me. He's been as bad as the others for the last couple of games. And again, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not getting into a Pedro Neto stagger up, but you've got to balance it out that all three of them are as corporal as each other tonight for me. Yeah, yeah. Neto, Neto did nothing tonight. Traoré did nothing tonight. Uh, but we don't expect... And I don't expect anything of William Jose now. He's just he's just there. I don't expect anything of Traoré other than one good cross maybe per game and the rest just being frustrated and playing the wrong ball all the time. Um, but yeah, 
it, the problem is not them. The problem is not the front three. The problem is the system, and the problem is the, the way that we play. Because fourteen goals from open play is pathetic. It's. I mean, we're not even like the XG champions of like Brighton, who create chances all the time and just miss them for, from ridiculous positions every week. We don't create chances. <laughs> That's the problem. And you look at what we've we've just discussed it. I mean, we, our best chance probably came to probably in the last minute, last few minutes for Silver at the end of the game. But other than that, it was coming to our right back on his left foot. That's that's an issue. It is. Um, but I think on the balance of the first half, I think we all said we'd be pretty pleased. And I think we started the second half off in a similar vein. Again, we were bossing possession for the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. Um but again, didn't really test the keeper in that time, did we? No. Should we have had another penalty, though, just after the 15-minute mark? I think it was, what, 60, 65 minutes in, Matinho gets a, a dig in the back and goes down. Did Pawson have another stinker there, or was, was that one OK, do we think? Let's do have this, because I want to hear him say no before I say the reasons why it has to be a penalty. I fully expect a Liverpool player to get that as a yes. Just because of what we've seen tonight, it's not because he's he's, he's tapped him and it, he's fell down. But how many how many times have we seen that this season for certain teams and that gets given? I mean, the the actual rules are that if you pushed it, if you pushed, I mean, it's different from being tackled. If you pushed and there's not enough force to knock you over, then it's not a penalty. But that rule is bollocks, as we've already seen. I don't expect a Wolves player to ever get something like that because we're Wolves. The same as you, I wouldn't expect a West Ham player. I mean, West Ham are creeping up there, and you can guarantee that they're going to get something similar soon if they don't if they don't toddle off back to their normal halfway position. That they're going to get something diabolical go against them because they're West Ham. Um, I didn't expect it. I I hate when these things are given just because there is a push in the back. But again, letter of the law, it should be a penalty. Will it be? No. Daniel? Well, you've just completely just stumbled me, haven't you? Because you want to, <laughs> to behave like an adult. It's not in your usual day-to-day routine. There's enough contact for Martinho when he's running off balance for that to be given for me. And like you said, some of the decisions that we've had given in the Premier League this season, how that's not been given without it even being checked, is it's, it's farcical. The thing is, it will have been checked, and they will just ignore it because it's walls. That's what that's the that's what tonight has kind of proved more than anything else. That all the even me with all my yeah okay benefit of the doubt. Let's give the refs yeah it's a difficult job. Well, you've been paid a ridiculous amount of money to do this job. You've got two of them because one's watching a telly in a warm studio, still in a tracksuit though, because they have to wear official referees' outfits even in a even in the booth. And a pandemic, and they've missed it, but they haven't missed it because they've seen it and they reviewed it. They're not saying, "Oh, they haven't reviewed it." They have, but they, they review everything. But there's two of them have decided to not give either one of them penalties. How what? do decisions, VAR decisions like Suchek getting sent off at Fulham, go ahead and stuff like that doesn't get given? It's farcical. It's not even. It's not even a Wolves problem. It's it's anything other than Man United and Liverpool. Man City get this all the time as well because they're not one of them two. Man City have had it for the last five years. Anything again that's 
even a bit dodgy. Man City do not get decisions because they're not Man United or Liverpool. It's a joke. It's, it's going fully, fully Charlie Austin on this episode for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> but it kind of is now because what's the point when you know you're not going to get decisions, which you should get when there's two referees effectively? Yeah, can't argue um, with that. No, sorry, Dan. Annoying me. Sorry. In the, during the first half with that Marnag where they said it could have been a penalty, they never even showed the ankle where, where it was confirmed he was even on side. Thank you, point. He looked a good yard off to me in that. They never showed that angle. And then they was trying to make it out like, oh, Liverpool might have had a penalty there, which there was there was unfortunate not to get. I never Just thought about that, to be fair. Production. And I'm going back to yesterday with that um, that penalty Arsenal had. How you can have flipping Alan Smith saying that's a penalty. How, how do they pick these commentators on Sky? It's ridiculous. But that was you a penalty. Might as well let me flipping commentate on next Wolves match and all the say everything's a Wolves penalty. It's ridiculous. When we did, we did have an ex Wolves player in commentary today. Yeah, but Don Goodman's usually a good neutral commentator, isn't he? He said it like he was, and that's the thing. When they, they both said it at the time as well, they about the first one, not so much the second one, but the first one saying. Oh, hang on. And it was like, well, yeah, clearly it's dodgy because it's a penalty. Mm. Yeah. But I think from that point on, the game sort of pretty much petered out from our point of view. We never really got into the final third and got anything going. It was just a few aimless balls up, which Liverpool dealt with quite easily. I felt like the last half an hour or so of the game was quite uneventful, to be honest. And considering we were chasing the game at that point, I do feel we probably should have gone a bit more for it. Obviously, we did end up making three substitutions before Rui's injuries. So we brought on Silva for Jose, brought on Dendonka for Neves, and Gibbs White came on for someone else. I can't even remember who. Tomato, that was it. So we made these substitutions, but none of them really impacted the game, did they? No. Well, that is what we've said about already. Like, you know, sort of touched on already. Our, our squad depth has always been an issue because Nuno's always wanted a small squad. First time we've received any injuries and we've sold first 11 players from the squad, from our, you know, from our team in terms of Doherty and Jota. And we, we're a lot weaker for it, aren't we? And, you know, any team who loses a world-class striker like him there is always going to struggle. You see it with Spurs when Kane goes out of the team. Different team. We took Lewandowski out of Bayern Munich to be a different team. It's just the way it is. And, um, yeah, we're just so toothless. And, again, like today, I actually think we played well. I can't, you know, the intent was there. I don't think we had a, I don't think we played poorly. I can't say we didn't huff and we didn't puff and didn't try and get anything out of the game. But I just think that it's just, I think it just comes down to, I think we've got a, a lack of quality in terms of, and, again, is it a lack of quality or is it tactics and system? Because I know that that's an argument to it as well. Um on tonight's performance alone, taken out of it, I think that tactics do stifle us. But let's take it tonight as a whole. For me, I thought we played well. I'm still not creating stuff. So is it the system? But I'm a big believer of 4-2-3-1 being the way forward for this team when we've got everyone fit and right. I couldn't, you know, I said I can't argue with the 11 we put out there today, but we're just not we're just not creating stuff and we don't create stuff. And going back to it, 14 goals from open play all season. That's just, as bad as anyone. 
I had a, I had a, because when, when that stat came out, I, I thought that can't, the same as everyone else, that can't be right. Um, and I just had a, had a look. Jean Martinho has scored twice as many goals for Portugal in 13 years than he has for Wolves. And is that stifling? Is that stifling? Is that the system? Because it seems like it to me, because whenever I used to watch him for in the Champions League and stuff, and especially for Portugal at tournaments, he looked superb going forward. And he started, he started doing it today. Well, that's the first time, other than against Arsenal, where he scored that wonder goal. That's the first time he's done it in three years. Why? Is he being told to? Because that's what it seems like. And that's... It's kind of... The, this season has been the realisation for me that this system is just not going to work any long-term anymore. It just... It was fine when we had a front three picking up all the slack. But when that doesn't work, you just took this. You just took this completely and you just got nothing going forward at all. When the front three don't work, you got no backup. I'd be surprised if none of you agree with this, but I thought Martinho was exceptional tonight. Yeah, yeah he was. Those, yeah, uh, yeah. Best player on the pitch. But that's the Did thing he? then. Why? Why? Uh, because he was allowed to go forward as well? I don't think it's that. I think it's a mentality thing that I've referenced this in, in the WhatsApp this week. I think our players are literally struggling to get themselves up for games. And I think that's why they've, they've, you've seen it tonight, because they're known they've had to be at the top of the game to compete with this Liverpool side. And I think just having no fans to spur them on, and I've referenced this in the group, and it might sound extravagant, but the last person that they hear before the kickoff is Connor Cody, who, to players like Matinho, Neves, who have done it at the highest level, hearing this scouser, the problem <laughs> might not even understand because he's, he talks quickly with an accent. Maybe it's it's stifling them mentally because they're not able to, to gear themselves up. It's just something I'm going to put out there. They've had a year like everyone else has. If West Ham can play like they do, listening to Mark Noble and <laughs> Ital every week. Then... West Ham haven't had their restless fans on their back every week. <laughs> Same with Man United, no restless fans. Arsenal are improving now with no restless fans on the back. We've gone the other way because we haven't got the fans backing us. Disagree with me? I will. <laughs> because yes. it's it's a mentality when West Ham West Ham are a strange case because that won't happen next year anyway it's it's like a blip where like when Everton got the Champions League and messed it up in the qualifying round um, but I just think to get the whole oh it's the fans fault but it, if you if they can't get themselves up for a game like that I mean they've all played international games beyond closed doors because of racism and stuff like that they all play well in them games and they are, we have played well not for a seasonal period. No, Steve but... Rocket was on my previous show the week and he even said that he would struggle to play in front of three men and a dog. So imagine players like Matinho, who were used to playing at the top level with 50,000, 60,000 people, trying to build themselves up for flipping Brighton away. It, it's got to be a struggle to him now. Yeah, it, for the first few weeks, not for a year. Nah, nah it's, it's got to be, it's, it's 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 be hard for him the longer it goes on. If, it's, if they're that mentally weak which players like this can't be. If they're that mentally weak, there are a few thousand people shouting and screaming their name and they need that adoration behind them, then they've got to look at themselves. because It's got to be happen. an adrenaline push, not an adoration ego boost. It's, it's an adrenaline rush of hearing a crowd spur you on when you, when you think that the game might be running away from you or just the pressure on the away well, side. It has about, to have an effect. What about Leicester then? How do you explain Leicester? Leicester were in this, a similar situation to us. At the end of last season, Leicester fell away. 
when they when, after Project Restart, Leicester were awful, absolutely shocking. No fans there. They've got used to it, and look where they are now. They're still second. They've third. got they've got like what Jordan referenced just. They've got quality and chemistry, whereas I think we haven't got that quality at the but moment. We haven't ha- we haven't played well for a long time before Project Restart. Anyway, before no fans. This has been all the last season. Even the European adventure, it wasn't great last season with the, the whole first half thing. The whole first half thing has been a, a product of the last three years. It's not just because there's no fans here, but it's just, it's a nice theory and it explains things if you want to believe that way, which is fine. Right, Percy, don't. Down the negative route of <laughs> this, this is the situation. You, you're constantly looking for the negative. We're missing. Like you've already said, we, if we had never, if we had Jimenez, like that that stat came out, we would have been eight points better off. But do you think really think that this this team, if we are only eight points better off with one player, that's the that's the the height of their expectancy that we can think oh they're not playing within themselves just because we've got someone to put the ball in the net. It's the pro- the problem is much deeper than that. Well, I think it's purely down to a lack of quality with the players that we've replaced, the players that we've lost. That's, yeah. Doherty for Samado has been a massive loss, not for ability-wise, but obviously the way that we play, I've said it numerous times, our wing-backs is Nuno's go-to for his attack. It's all about opening spaces to get the wing-backs high up the pitch where the opposition miss their late runs into the box. Losing Jimenez on top, who's the main focal link-up point well, surely me, has a massive detrimental effect on how we play as a, a system. Me and, me and you were the ones who've kind of championed Doherty when certain ex-fan questions like Ben and everyone slagged him off as, oh, he's, he's one of the worst worst players in the league. Obviously, in the system that doesn't work for him at Spurs now, he's proving that right. But in the Wolves system, like you said, he was perfect for us and we were perfect for him. And But them long-ranging passes from Cody and Neves to the wing-backs to then bomb on, that hasn't happened all season long. And we've had we've had players like Aitnori Nori, who's got pace. We've got Samado, who's got pace. But that still doesn't matter when them balls are not being played to them. That that whole route to goal of Cody and Neves and, ping, and even Bolly used to do it as well, of pinging balls from the middle out wide has just stopped for over a year. But why? That doesn't make any sense. I think it's a confidence issue. I think I, I think there was times tonight where Sais and Bolly were bringing the ball out of defence, and actually, I think there was a two, two or three, one two that they played with Matinho, which opened us up going up the field a bit more, which they haven't been doing in recent months. Yeah. I think it's all down to confidence, all and the fact that the whole fan base, i.e., you, <laughs> think the shit when they're not, them just struggling for confidence I- and chemistry. No, I never, I've never said them off. I've said that they've been, they've been constrained, and the fact that tonight has kind of proved that fact that oh yeah, it's against. If you can raise yourself, if it's, if it's, a, if like you say, it's true, and it's Cody, they, they can't, they can't understand him. If they can raise their game against Liverpool, then that's their problem, because if they can raise against everyone, any shit player like Barnes, Barnsley, bad example there, but say Huddersfield, Huddersfield against us <laughs> in that year, they beat us twice. So we were there. We were their big fish. So we can the players can raise their game against Liverpool, but they can't do it any other day of the week. That don't work for me. But tonight, prove well. I said it proved tonight what good players they are when they're allowed to play. But still, this get to the final third and it stops. 
which has been a problem for a long time. Not just not just this season. Why you think they were allowed to play tonight? Because they were. Even Don Goodman they said... They've cheated themselves up because they've seen that it's Liverpool and they've had to be on the top of the game. Otherwise, they would have been railroaded. So why, why didn't they turn up against Man City then? In the first half? Well, they were in that game at 1-1. They had chances to go 2-1 in front. So don't tell me they weren't at it because they defended well. They rolled the look as you, you have to do it City away. And we had chances to go in front. So just keep being negative. That, that first, just helps everything, doesn't it? First, first half... It was great tonight. Is it the best we've been for a long time? Because you had a bit of both. A defensive solidity. You had us actually looking like a threat for a change. Yeah, we rolled our luck at times. Well, no, we, 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 the only time we rolled our luck was when when uh, Mane went round Rui. That was the only time, really. The, they we, had we, like... Um, Rui, well, Rui didn't have to make a save to make. Andy Robertson had the beat in a tomato two or three times in that first half where a, a better final ball would have put us under serious pressure. But there wasn't one, so it doesn't matter. But there, but there is actually two other people on this podcast, by the way. Um, Just leaving you to it, it's great. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but now t- uh, tonight, that's what that's what I've been so frustrated for the last few weeks because this has been this has always been there. This this capability has always been there, and tonight showed. Yeah, he just uh, just went out and played tonight, and it was great. But the final third is a problem. It's been a problem for a long time. When you take your, your, your main striker away, it spurs us off in the same thing because it's, I mean, Nuno's, Mourinho's understudy us but in more ways than one. But the comparisons are there. You take Kane out of the way Spurs play, they're, they're kind of screwed because it's a focal point and it's the same kind of similar style of management, But which is fine when they don't get injured. But look what's happened. And we would have only been eight points better off. That's my, that's my point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm, I'm continuing this. Carry on. <laughs> I don't believe we've been allowed to play by the coach tonight. You have to take into account that Liverpool like to press high, so that opens up the pitch a lot more to get our wing backs further up the pitch, which is why we looked a lot more having more intent. What What about the the game at Anfield when they absolutely pissed all over us? We were in the game until Cody had a no, brain fart and got in. They absolutely battered us that game. We had no, we had nothing up front whatsoever. It's bullshit. It's just negativity. Adama. The reason why we never we never went in front in that Liverpool game is we didn't have a focal point of front because we had Adama and Neto playing in front too. There was numerous times that Adama and Neto was running at their fullbacks and they had no one in the box to cross to. Up until Cody let Salah in, we were in that game. But there was nothing. It was inevitable we we're going to lose because we had, like you just said, we had nothing up front. So tonight, in a formation that worked, and they actually played properly, we play well and everyone's happy. Because, I mean, our friend Ibiza Wolves even put a thing out earlier, what do you want Wolves to do? Have a go. Was the, Have a go, a point or a win. Have a go was 69%. That's what people are feeling like because they're sick of singing battle every week, watching boring fucking shit every, every week for 60 minutes. And tonight, we didn't do it. And it's great, even though we lost. Jordan, I don't know. <laughs> I've just been sitting there, just watching you both, because I know it's, uh, yeah, I know, I know it's pretty much like uh, both ends of the spectrum of it all. Um, for me, for my two pence worth, I'm not going to go into it because I know we're going to have to get into a break and stuff in a minute. Is my opinion on it all is at the minute, yes, we've got injuries, 
yes, we're struggling. Yes, recruitment's let us down. I still believe that the current squad of fit and available players we've got at Wolverhampton Wanderers should be higher up the league and have won more points this season. And that yes. that's that's my point. Done. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, George, to be perfectly honest. I think we have got the qualities to be better off where we are. I know, obviously, losing that one player is a massive blow. But at the same time, I do think we could be doing better than we are. Um, obviously, Nuno always sets us up to, first and foremost, to not concede a shitload of chances. And we can get away with that usually when you've got a world-class striker like Jimenez on the pitch. When you haven't got that, you're always going to be liable to ship one. And you haven't got anyone who is going to put it in the onion bag for us. So it just puts us in this position where we're always battling against the tide. Tonight was the first time we didn't. And I felt that that was partly down to the fact that this was arguably William Jose's best performance in a wolf shirt. It was the one where he actually put himself about and got into positions you want to see a centre forward. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you, to be honest, George. Um, but you did reference we do need a break. So before Stu and Dan get back to it, we'll have a break there. Hi everyone, Matt from Wolves Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com Com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? So welcome back to the Fancast. So we've now got a break until the 5th of April. Um, what is it? We've got FA Cup weekend and then... Double international week, is it? Yeah. So we've got a hell of a break of no England football. San worth Marino, shit. Again. England versus <laughs> San Marino again. Can't you wait. know what? In, when, when we was in school, my mate Griffo used to say, used to beg to play San Marino because we, we went years, but other than that one where we were like one when we, they scored against us years ago. Um, but we used to beg for it when we used to think, oh, we're going to watch, we go to San Marino, England away. San Marino, and then we've played about four times in the last like six years. That's been all too often. Uh, but our next six games, I think, are going to be massive because. Okay, quick, quick round question to you all: Are we safe from relegation at this point, Dan? I believe so. I was Should a bit we- temperamental at, at full time. But I think there's some really poor teams down there. And I think we've just got enough now. Yeah. Um, we probably need four, three or four points. We, we, if we can't get that, then we deserve to get down. So you'd say so, yeah. George, what do you think? Um, yeah, we, we're safe, aren't we? I think, you know, there's two nailed on to go down and... Fulham, Brighton and Newcastle playing, you know, for one place for me. Um, if we had, you know, five, six games without Rui and John Woody in goal, I'd be slightly a bit more nervous. But I think we're okay. 
On Rui, I have just seen a tweet. Apparently, he's sitting up and he hasn't been taken to hospital. Oh, yes. So, signs are quite positive then. So, that's great that's news. So, we currently sat on 35 points. Fulham are in the relegation area, taking up the final position on 26. So, we are nine points clear of them. We, we can build a platform, really, to try and push on into this last quarter of the season and actually get a top-half finish. In order to achieve that, we now have a run of games. We've got West Ham, who granted are in fifth currently, and then we've got Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, the Shit, and then Brighton. Those six games against Bar West Ham, five of those six games are against clubs who are below us in the table currently. What is the bare minimum we should be expecting to get out of these six games? What, what do we want to see? Do we want to see us actually taking the handbrake off and going for it? Do you want to see us just grinding out results? What do you want from the next six games? It's six points. What? Six, six points. points. <laughs> that would be enough. Six draws. We've been safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's For me, it's one of those. It's um, it's quite hard. And again, I know we've already referenced it, but it's going to sound stupid as well, but Right now, I think Fulham beat us. Yeah. Um, and potentially, I think Brighton beat us as well. Oh, Brighton will beat us. Brighton will beat us because we can't beat the uh, Huddersfield yeah. Bowery side for this year, and yeah. and a lot of times. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be negative at all. I'm generally not. It's just again, like our run of performances recently, I haven't got any confidence in us taking the game to these. To these teams and like demolishing them. Reality, we should be picking up 12 points minimum for me out of the next six games. Reality, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got less than 10, anywhere between eight and 10, to be honest with you. Damn, yeah, I mean, that's a punch me through the screen. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally just gone into panic mode that you've both just said we're going to lose to Brighton and Fulham. That, how close does that take us then? <laughs> what, what do you, is that yeah, what, do you agree, dear? I think they've just got a lot more um, quality going forwards at the moment. I think they're actually confident in what they're doing. The way they uh, Brighton put Southampton's a big thing as well. Yeah, you, I think that I think the the, the big uh-huh. saving grace is new. Oh shit, Newcastle are. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of a given that they're just dropping like a stone, and everyone hates Bruce. And, um, it looks like there'll be some kind of Geordie civil war going on up there. So, is it, is is this just us as Wolves fans being like very like sceptical and glass I think if, half full, or, 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 or is it a genuine concern? Because I don't want to get panned no, on this. You know, podcast comes out, we get panned for being negative, or potentially like ge- genuinely. I think that momentum is a massive thing in football. And right, if we played Fulham tomorrow at Craven Cottage, that they'd be the bookies' favourites, and that's not me. Buttering it up, that, that, and I think they beat us genuinely. Yeah, I think it's not being negative. I think it's it's kind of learning from learning from the past, and we've got a lot of that between us. Well, me and Andy, <laughs> anyway. Um, but you look at the Brighton are cursed. We look at the the last game we all saw live that that thrilling nil nil against Brighton. I mean, they'll they'll probably have about fifty eight shots and still be score nothing, but and it'll still be nil again, but. Fulham, like you said, Fulham on current form. Yes, they would beat us. And that Albion game, 
it's so set up for us to relegate them that it won't happen because it's the football gods are not <laughs> that kind to us as we've found out tonight. Um, but yeah, I think we can, if we can't get ten points and we go we, serious questions need to be asked, even even amongst the um, the happy cloud lovers like Dan and and other people that if we can't get ten points against that that run of games. Something seriously, seriously wrong because there's no excuse for that. Happy cloud lovers. You just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Rainbow Road with flipping Super Mario. Oh, I don't, don't talk. Rainbow Road's the worst, worst racing track in the entire world. Every single iteration of that, I've never won one. <laughs> pick up at least six points at the next six games because we have to go into Tottenham, Everton, and Man United trying to get yeah, points. Exactly. I massively fear for us with the momentum that would have sunk us by that point. Yeah, we'll, we'll get six. We'll, we'll get ten points out of that. Easy. I don't think a club has been relegated on any more than thirty-seven points. Is that correct? We got relegated on forty-two. Did we? Wasn't that a twenty-four league team though? No, twenty-four no. team league, even. No. I was on twenty. I think was like that early nineties when that stopped. Hmm. Oh, I didn't think it had been that high. Yeah, well, I, I, I thought that the. 40-point mark was something of a, a myth that it didn't really mean anything, especially in the modern game. The vast majority... If you it get... means something to the Tony Pulis team. When they get 40 points, he tends to let them go on. <laughs> well, they don't know. Yeah. So if we do need to hit 40, then obviously we need five more points. I've got to be honest, looking at that, West Ham at home, I know West Ham are in good form, but I do think we should be getting a result against them, if I'm honest. Fulham away, we've got a good record at Craven Cottage. I know they're in good form, but again, the history's on our side there. A bit like how Brighton always shitbag us into a result, we always seem to do that against Fulham. So yeah. I, I fancy my chances there as well, I've got to be honest. I mean, you lot, as I, as I like to call you, Bratcast, <laughs> did you see the handbrake that West Ham had on against Man United yesterday? Fucking yeah. atrocious. The, I didn't watch all of it because it was boring as shit. <clears throat> but yeah, it was not good. But that's um, a limitation of Moyes, isn't it? In terms, of, I think he's well. He, he's arguably managed the year, and what he's done there for me, brilliant. But mm. he's always he's very pragmatic in his approach as well. He's very, I don't want to call Moyes compare Moyes and Nuno, but they, they are very similar in, the, in their styles in terms of being pragmatic and it's all structured. And there's nothing wrong with that. It gets results and. Uh, yeah, like West Ham. Look, put like I'd give my right testicle to be West Ham right now. Yes, ridiculous season. I, I really want fucking Suchek. I think he'd be great for us. The very Just much the kind of player. No, I know. Yeah, but he's the kind of player that I, I want to see us taking on. Someone who can burst into the box late and, and get on the end of crosses, like Dendonka, but who can actually finish. I think would be tremendous. I kind of agree with you, but I wouldn't give up a bollock for it. <laughs> the um, yeah, the not even one, not even the useless one. No. <laughs> looking at looking at the thing, the forty point record is going back to ninety seven, ninety eight. Has only been beaten once in two thousand and two, three with forty two points. Every every single other one since ninety seven, ninety eight has been less than forty. We got relegated on 42 points and we didn't even no. win an away game all season. No, we, we didn't. We didn't. I was going to say. Yeah, it was the year before. It, was, it doesn't say here. I'm looking at the Premier League website, so I don't know who I think, that was. I think we got, like, was it 32 or 36? It was still quite a high number considering, as you say, we didn't win a single away game all season. 
But yeah. So who do we think is actually going to go down when it comes down to it at the end of the day? It's going to be Sheffield United have gone, surely, do we reckon? Albion and Newcastle for me. Yeah. George? Yeah, same. I think that now they've got um, ASM, Wilson, Almiron injured as well. I mean, the struggle to score without them. With them, without them three as well. Like I said, Brighton. I know. I know that Gully sucks Graham Potter off before he goes to bed. <laughs> um, but the, the reality is they do play some good football, and me being a bit of an XG nerd, they, they do win the XG a lot as well. So they do mm. great chances, and we've seen it a few times. Um, Fulham momentum. I think Scott Parker's done a good job there. Got them playing a good way. I think that. And the, basically, January saved Scott Parker. Some of the signings are brought in, like that Anderson. I think he's a real good player, like real, real good player. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just funny when Newcastle fail, isn't it? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know why. Just the, yeah. the footballing gods. I'm going to get involved on Newcastle this summer. Sunderland won the Papa John's yesterday. <laughs> they've, they've got a promotion momentum push at the moment. Sunderland have. Could you imagine yeah. that in the Championship? What a summer for Sunderland fans. If they win the, yeah. the win at Wembley, get promoted, Newcastle get relegated, that's like yeah. that's that's three bollocks worth of fun, that is. <laughs> <laughs> that manager director's gonna get the EDM music going again and he's gonna start walking around pumping the music. <laughs> so of those three teams, then so the shit, Newcastle and Sheffield United, is there any players in any of those teams who you would be signing? <laughs> there's, there's a tactical analysis representative on YouTube um, who suggested that Wolves should get John Fleck this week and if that doesn't whet your appetite for his videos I don't know what does be <laughs> sure to watch the Liverpool tactical analysis aired this week where Gully will be discussing how we can incorporate John Fleck in the summer <laughs> Other than, <laughs> than St. Maximum, there's nothing, is there? They're just, they're just dirge. There's a, there's a few, isn't there? I think, they're, like, in hindsight, there's always a few, in there from a few, like, where you're not, like, desperate to take them. But, like, for example, like, from Newcastle, I've always been a big fan of, like, Fabian Cher. I think mm. he's a good defender. Like, would you take one of the, if, if Ruddy's going, I mean... This is a bit. Would you take a Sam Johnson as a number two? I would, personally. He's he's no. probably had the best best season of his career this season. Yeah, he has. Yeah, you wouldn't take him, Dan. No, shit player. Fuck him. <laughs> I, to be, I, I, I mean, we've already got the uh, the that ex Villa kid who's who's going to be guaranteed number two next year, apparently. Oh yeah. No, but actually, from the album, he's not at Footy Insider on the album. 3,941 <laughs> followers. Just wouldn't have, wouldn't have him, wouldn't have, wouldn't have any Albion player, even if like Cristiano Ronaldo signed for him. Okay. Remember, well, I was going to say the one player that Albion at the moment, he's not technically their player, who's actually been good and improved them. Is that OK, whatever he's called? OK, Yosselu, or whatever he's called. Yeah. I actually, I think he's actually a decent player, but. Dan won't take him because he's put. You're the, a fucking Albion the, fan. You how much are you flipping praising him here? You, you, you have just said that one player that got loaned from Galatasaray. They have to be Lee Hughes next, you. Hey, we're meant to be pundits here. We can at least give some praise to some players every now and again. It was um, talent show. 
Let's there talk about Newcastle and Sheffield United players who we'd have, not there, John Fleck. There, there were certain people on here last year who was um, who were absolutely like, wanking lyrical about how good Matis Pereira was and how he was incredible and he was going to be the best player in the league. And I said, well, he's cost a 2.0. And that's, that's what it. it's turned out to mm. be. Who were those players. people, Stu? I don't think they're on the, on the, on the fancast anymore, are they? I don't think so. <laughs> Labour supporter. <laughs> Money, so, he doesn't even listen anymore. It's too good for us. <laughs> Clayed. <laughs> no, I, so, I, there's no one. Is I mean, you're looking at I me? Mean, I think the um, probably the, uh, Newcastle players who'll go is probably both keepers will leave because mm. they're, they're too good for the championship. But other than that, you could see a lot of them players lining up in the championship for Newcastle easily. But I mean, at the same time, we yeah. Callum Wilson. We'd take Callum Wilson, wouldn't you? Surely, he'd be a great backup striker to have, and he'd, he'd be an improvement on what we've got currently. So, yeah, you'd take him. He, he fits the the Fosun sort of financial policy. Does he? He's getting on a bit now. He's he's injury prone, isn't he? So he ain't going to be cheap. He's going to be on a decent wage. Well, the sign Marcel. Yeah, it was only like two million euro. That's nothing, is it? That's like. Match day revenue or something over a year. Yeah, I bet he's picking up a fair whack a week. So, yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't have John Fleck. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other one? Um, the other midfielder they've got whose name eludes me. Sanderberg. That's the one. Yeah. What do we think of him? Stu don't like him. No, not for me. He's just a. He can't. I mean, everyone talked him up like he was. He was an absolute world beater and. You look at his YouTube reel and he looks all right, but he's just not done it at all. He's just he's just a kind of lower lower Premier League midfielder that just kind of flex about a bit. Um there's I just don't see the attraction really. The money that it cost to to get him away from there. We've we've got Giamantino doing the same at 34 years old. Don't need him. Not for me. I'm, no. I'm, I'm struggling for whatever players I'm left now. I just all I know yeah. is that I have John Fleck. <laughs> <laughs> the only other player, the only other player who springs to mind is like Billy Sharp, who we've been linked with like for like a fucking decade before. Now. Still, what about David McGoldrick? Yeah, what about M9? Big <laughs> Dave McGoldrick. Fucking terrible. Genuinely, without taking the piss, I wouldn't have John Fleck. I wouldn't have any Sheffield United player because you look at their squad and that's that's a team that's pushing for playoffs at best. Yeah. Mm. I think Daniel Story said this today on the uh, on the Totally Football show about that they're a championship squad with who've massively overachieved yeah. and now they're a championship squad with no confidence. <laughs> so and no, yeah. no good goalie like they had last season. Well, exactly. Spot on. Mm-hmm. No, they, they won't be in the top six. I mean, they'll they'll fall. They'll they'll drop and fall like Bournemouth. Hopefully, will. Uh, what about? I know he's not a Sheffield United player, but Ethan Ampadu. Thoughts on him? Here we go. Jordan wanted Ampadu. Gully wanted Fleck. I didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 before you throw me under guys the, you throw have me the nerve to come no. on this podcast on a day to day basis and give their. <laughs> 
football opinion. Like, no, no, no. These are the, bees, are the people who have been watching Barcelona all their life and have been that spoiled that they expect Wolves to play a lot pep in his prime at Barcelona and then want players like John Fleck and Ethan <laughs> and they tell me that I'm losing it. <laughs> no, I'll say that a stretch. I'll have him. And... And the comparison was, would I have him over Max Kilman? And yes, I would. And Ethan Ampadu will have a better career than Max Kilman. He's already played in the Champions League. You lot have heard me over the course of this season slate Max Kilman, and I'd have Max Kilman over Ethan Ampadu. That's a much of a... It's not even a stretch. It's laughable. And if there was such a thing... Ethan Ampadu will have a better career than Max Kilman. Cast, you lot would have your jobs at risk for these comments. I think... If, Ethan if, Ampadu will have a better career than Max Kilman. I'm not even we'll, having it. We'll we'll discuss this in five to ten years' time, and yeah. I'll, I'll we'll, then we'll have the conversation properly. This is almost as bad as the Dominic Oil for playing for England chat. That <laughs> Ethan Am- if Ethan Ampadu hadn't come through at Chelsea and he'd come through at QPR, he'd be at somewhere like Bristol Rovers by now. Yeah. Mm. If his name was oh, Ethan, Ethan <laughs> Jones. He played for Leipzig last year in the Champions League against Spurs. And apparently he's from Bristol Rover. No. Not having, <laughs> not having it. No. Not having it. Russell out. Yeah. I'm going to do a Piers Morgan in a minute. I'll be straight there. I'm not having it. Brilliant. Right. I think we'll leave it there for, uh, for this week because it's getting on a little bit. So, Dan, do you want to say goodbye, mate? Uh, au revoir, everyone. Hopefully doing another FanCast quiz on Friday this week to keep your eyes open for that. Much obliged. Love you all. Stu, do you want to say goodbye? The only thing with Ethan Ampadu, we could kind of re- bring back the, the great Black Lace classic of Agadoo and sing it every week. <laughs> that would be the only good point, but that's not happening, so ta-ra. <laughs> George, do you want to say goodbye? Amper. Gordon hasn't got a clue. Gordon hasn't got a clue. One last thing as well before I go. Gully Kular at Musings from All You wants John Fleck in a wolf shirt next year. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Fleck. Free Fleck. Yeah, make sure you check out all of our stuff on the YouTube and the back catalogue of the Fancast. There's a bit of everything in there for whatever floats your boat during the next three weeks when we've got fuck all else to do. I think we've got a few specials lined up, but we'll let you know as and when they drop. Uh, it's goodbye from me and we'll see you next time.